So here's the thing. This show is probably going to tick somebody off. The truth is men and women see the world differently, interact with the world differently, run businesses differently, and have problems differently. It is the way it is. And we're going to talk about that next. Sarah Robinson is with us next on Dash of Grit. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. I've got news for you, folks. Newsflash, men and women are different. You might not know that. You might try to put everybody in a can. You might try to make it all the same for everybody. You might even feel like it's not an issue. Truth is, it is. And it causes a lot of issues on both sides of that table. And we're going to talk about that today on Dash of Grit. I'm excited to introduce to you Sarah Robinson. She is a best-selling author of a book called Fierce Loyalty. She's a keynote speaker, not just a keynote speaker, but a female keynote speaker. We're going to get into why that's important in just a second. She's a public speaking coach and CEO for Sarah Robinson Coaching International. There's also a sneak peek that we might even get into a new endeavor that Sarah's launching called She Speaks with Sarah Robinson. I am so thrilled. Dash of Grit audience, meet Sarah Robinson on Dash of Grit. Welcome. Hi, Brian. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited that you're here too. We're going to get into tough times. We're going to we're going to we're going to figure out what makes people tick when things get hard, especially with you and I know I've heard a little bit of your story enough to be extremely yep. interested. So, I'm I'm excited to ask some questions. First, I want to talk about success. You you you've built this little empire here and you're doing some amazing <laughs> things and you're impacting a lot of people. Um, tell me about success and why things are why you're so excited about things and then we're going to get into when it was so hard. Sure. Um, it's funny because it doesn't feel like I've built a little empire, but I know. I know. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, you know, for me, I read a long time ago that success, what success equals is being happy at home. Hmm. I like that. And everything that I do, everything that I have created, continue to create, is based on that idea. When I go home, am I happy with the work that I've done? Am I peaceful about the work that I've done? Do I feel good? Is it something I'm proud of? And is it something that my family, my children, will be proud of? Mm -hmm. And so really... I know that sounds simple and basic, but that's really it. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's basic at all. In fact, one of my definitions for success is when your kids want to come home and spend time with you, when they've grown mm -hmm. and gone and have families of their own, when they can feel comfortable coming home. And so you've created this environment, but that takes a lot of work away from home to make that happen. So you, a lot of folks see success as nine to five, a hundred miles an hour, everything that happens at work. That's my definition of success. You don't see it that way, though. It is an ends to the means. It, it, it is, but I am, um, I am the anti-hustle person. I, mm. you know, there's this great, one of my friends calls it hustle porn. There's this great culture of hustle porn out yeah. in the world where work harder, stay up till four in the morning, do this, you know, grind, grind, grind that's not living. Mm. And yes, do are there times when I work hard? Yes. Did I work on a really intensive project that had a very narrow window and deadline over the weekend? Yes. 
I did. But I also carved pumpkins with my child and he's too old for me to take him trick-or-treating, but I did help him with his costume. Mm. You know, I did the things that also matter. And it's finding that balance. I just don't think hustling all the time gives anybody any quality of life. Okay, but, and, and, and it's probably where we're going to head. There is a difference in, there's a, a difference in equality of workforce getting to the top, female versus male. How do I achieve? How do I be a success? Mm-hmm. How do I get things done? And I think, right, wrong, wrong, right, it forces this idea that you have to out hustle people. You have to spend more time in the office. You have to give more to get more. Is that not the case? Should we be seeing things differently? I think that's shifting. And I think we're seeing that in the great resignation. Oh boy, that's true. I think people, women in particular, because they are leading the great resignation by a long shot. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is because just not willing to make that trade anymore. I'd rather start my own thing. I'd rather, you know, I know women who quit with zero plan. They had zero plan because it was that or their sanity. But I know guys that are like that too. They're just, they're, they had that, that we had that breathing space. Uh, I mean, COVID was awful and terrible, but one of the gifts from it was, we all had this opportunity to take a deep breath and just sort of look around and decide, well, what really matters here? That was forced on us. And so now, I hate saying returning to normal because there is no returning to normal. That no, we're building a new is one. not going back into the bottle. Yeah. Um, but I think people are now, you know, corporate America does think it's going back to something that looked like it looked before COVID, but the people who work for corporate America are like, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. Yeah. What are you most proud of? What are you most, uh, when you talk about success, you talked about your family life, the specific things you've been able to accomplish are the, is it the things you've done or the people you've impacted? Which one do you resonate with the most? I don't know how to separate the two (laughs) because the things that I've done have impacted people Mm. and I create them. I do the things I do, did the things I did, do the things I do, because I'm always thinking about how can I best serve using the skills, knowledge, abilities that I have, how do I mash those up in a way that best serves. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the journey, the things that you've learned sure. over time, the things you've experienced so that you can share what you know and, and help others along the way. Tell me about your story a little bit. Let's talk about grit. When were things tough and how did you overcome some of those hurdles? Well, as you and I have discussed, I can go way back on when things were tough, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think we, we need all? my life. Can't we don't need we my all? life. We don't need my life story today. <laughs> um, but you know, I there was a time when after right after my divorce, single mom, uh, women, and it's a known fact that women suffer more financially and professionally after immediately post-divorce than mm. men do. Okay. Um, that's just seems to be the way it is. 
And that was tough. That was tough. I went from being one of two incomes to being the only income. Mm -hmm. And that's jarring when you very, very quickly have to ramp something up that was never meant to be a full-time household sustaining source of revenue. Mm. So, so it, it rocks your world. The, the, mm-hmm. the thing that your world was already rocked. And so you're trying to fix it, trying to put yourself in a better spot and the better spot actually makes it worse. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Didn't make it worse. I just had to retool in my brain how I was going to grow this thing so that it could do what I needed it to do. What I started it out as, I needed it to do one thing. Now I need it to do something else. And I've got to figure out how I'm going to do that. Or I'm just going to have to quit doing this thing and go get a job. And what was the thing you were working on at the time? What was my consulting, thing? my public speaking. Yep. My, I had already written my book, um, but really creating a full-time successful source of revenue out of that when I hadn't created it to be that. Yeah, that's the question. So you had a passion for something and it, I wouldn't call it a side hustle or something mm-hmm. else. It was mm-hmm. a business, but now... It wasn't just something. Explain that to me a little bit. Is that I hadn't thought of that shift. Mm-hmm. That that I, I'm doing this, but now I've got to do got, this. Exactly. When I created it, when oh. I uh, when I wrote Fierce Loyalty, when I moved into the corporate space, I was one of two incomes. No one was depending just on me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't create it as that. It was a book. I took the consulting projects that I wanted to take. I took the keynote um, speaking assignments that I wanted to take. And I had a choice. I had the option of saying no to things because I didn't, no one was looking just to me. When it became just me, I had to start making choices and accepting coaching um, coaching packages, coaching offers. I had to accept keynote speaking engagements that I may or may not have taken when I had choices. Not that they were wrong or bad. They were great. My clients have always been fantastic. And I've been very fortunate in my um, keynote speaking engagements mm-hmm. and things like that. I just I, I just didn't have the same flexibility in my thinking, oh, maybe I'll do that. Oh, I really don't want to do that. Oh, that's too time consuming. Oh, I don't want to travel. Oh, you know, I had criteria that I could use. And when yeah. it's just you, you can't use those kinds of criteria. Were there ever times when you, you thought that some of the jobs you were accepting or things that you had to do. Now you're turning this into a, 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 a money earning money winning business. Yeah. Yeah. Were there ever times when you thought it was going to take you off a way of, of that you just really had to say no, was it ever hard to keep your focus on your mission, even though now you had to also make a living out of what you're doing? The one thing that I held on to in all of that was my integrity Okay. And the own the own, my biggest number one criteria still was 
is this something I'd be proud to do? Is this something that is taking me in the direction that I want to go in? Is it a direct connection between me and that direction? Maybe, maybe not. Is it a step in the right direction? Yes. Okay. And how did you know that? How were you able to make those decisions to make? Because here's where I ask you the question. There are there are people out there now that are running a business, entrepreneurs, organization leaders, and they're going towards point A. And somebody throws some money at point B. And they say, you know, I got to decide. Am I going to follow my dream the way I want it? Or am I going to accept this job and maybe take my eye off the prize? And I'm wondering what, how you, what you've learned through this that might help them make that decision. Well, there are a couple of things, and it depends on where they're where they are in this stage of their business. What I often say to my startup clients is, you know, sometimes there's your vocation and there's your avocation. And mm. if your vocation pays the bills and allows you to pursue your avocation, there's nothing wrong with that. That's right. You have to eat. you have to pay the bills you have to keep the roof over your head you have to do those things and you don't want and i get it people like oh but i have this fire and i want to do this and i'm like that's great but you have to be able to fund it yeah and what if you can't so so how'd that go so what what did you do to make that shift how did you how did you overcome some of those those challenges um there were times when i had to say okay let's look at the spread, the financials, the spreadsheet for the business of Sarah Robinson and look at the cash flow. And I had to make, I, I, I have an advantage in that because I guess it's because I grew up in a house full of boys. I have the ability to split my brain into very linear, a very linear mode and a very much more creative, you know, esoteric mode, I guess. And so when I'm looking at spreadsheets, I'm very much in linear mode and I make decisions based on what the numbers look like. What do the numbers look like? Okay, great. I need to make X, Y, Z dollars if I'm going to meet all of my financial obligations. Here's an opportunity. Is this opportunity something that harms me, harms my message, harms what I'm about in this world? Yes or no? No. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. do, do you find now, and now I'm thinking about females versus male and I'm thinking about divorce and I'm thinking about young, you know, single families and, and things of that sort. Do you find that's a decision that's harder to make for mom as it opposed to it is to dad? I think you kind of assumed, yes. kind of alluded to that earlier. Tell me about that yes, a little bit. Absolutely. Though. Well, I think um, all dads in the world during COVID learn to stop saying, how hard can it be to be a stay-at-home mom? (laughs) (laughs) All I can do is laugh. Enough said. Uh (laughs) I think you all learned a little bit about exactly how hard it is to be a stay-at-home parent. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I've always had it all figured out. I'm just perfect over here. I had no idea. That's right. So I think that... You know, women carry that burden rightly, wrongly. I don't think in many instances it's not malicious. It's just our nature. 
we are the home nurturer, whether we work full time or not, we are, we are, that is our role. And so for me, there were times when I had to make decisions that really, it it was, am I out of town on a consulting assignment when my son has an important competition or an important performance or an important something in his world. And I can't say I always made the decision for my child. I wish I had had that luxury. There were times when I had to miss really important things because I had the bigger, um, the bigger goal of being a financial provider. And so, yeah, I, and I think those things are harder for moms. I'm not saying all dads don't also want to be at those things. I'm not saying. I just think those things are more difficult for moms, particularly when you're a single mom and you're already feeling on your back foot mm-hmm. because you're a single mom mm-hmm. and you want to you want to be the best mom, the best single mom that ever was. <laughs> and so when you don't fulfill that image in your head, it's challenging. Yeah. And so when mom is struggling with that thing and she's trying to show grit, she's trying to build her business or, or, or uh, climb the ladder or whatever she's trying to do. And she's trying to be the very best mom she can be. What's the, so Sarah Robinson coaching international, what's the, what's the advice you give at that point? Because, and like you said, it's not just mom, it's dad too. Like right. we, we, and and it, what, what advice do you, how do you find that balance of excellence in all things? You don't. There is Aww. no way to be excellent. I'm sorry. Here's newsflash. <laughs> you can't be excellent in all things all the time. I know. I don't have, if I had that answer, I'd be a gajillionaire. Are you yeah. kidding me? I'd have yeah. my own TV show and I'd be bigger than Oprah. Yeah. Um, I don't have that answer. The best I can say yes. is make sure if you're not showing up at something, make sure you've made enough deposits that that's okay. Make sure you've made enough deposits in the relationship that it is not going to harm your relationship with your child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you have to pick between the two, when you can't do both, COVID showed a mm-hmm. lot of that too. Like when yeah. you have to pick, what did, did you have a situation like that where you just like a defining moment where you just had to say, look, it's one or the other. I, all the time. It's like I oh. said, I, you know, do I travel? Do I go? Do I fly out for this consulting you know, engagement and miss my son marching on the football field for the very first time with the biggest marching band in the state of Alabama? (laughs) Or do I say no to a very lucrative contract so that I can do that? It's tough. It's a tough decision. decision. How do you make the decision? What's the, what, what do you base success on? So let me ask it this way. You choose when you, I believe this very well. When you choose something, you head down that path full bore, go. Once you've yes. decided you go and you let whatever happens, happens. And you look back and say, okay, never next time I won't do that or whatever, but you go. How do you define success for those decisions that you have to make? How do you know when you made the right one? Will I be happy at home huh. with my children? Does my, does my child trust me enough? Have I invested enough in my relationship with my son that he will understand why I'm making the decision that I'm making? 
when I get home from the consulting gig that I chose, will we still be okay? Is there a story you'd like to share of your past where you didn't make the right decision and you realized that that you went for the wrong thing and you learned from it? Yeah, I mean, I... Here's my, here's my parenting philosophy. I hope I get it right slightly more often than I get it wrong. That's it. That's all I got. Mm. (laughs) Mm. I hope I get it right slightly more often than I get it wrong, which means I get it wrong a lot. Yep. And yes, um, there have been times when I've made the wrong choice. I thought what I was choosing was going to advance the bigger cause of what I was up to in the world. And I wasn't present for something that was really, really important. And that my child told me was really, really important. And I wasn't happy at home when I got home. I was sad because it didn't, what I thought I, what I thought was going to advance me didn't, it didn't, it was wrong. It was the wrong fit. I had, I had shaped it into something in my head that the facts did not sustain. And that's one of the pieces of advice that I always give my clients is make sure you're not telling yourself some story about whatever opportunity it is you're about to pursue. Make sure you're basing your choices on actual facts and not Mm -hmm. what you think might happen. Mm -hmm. What you hope might happen. What you you hope might happen. How do you do that? Do you do you read? Do you seek out advice, a mentor? How, how does how does mom do something that she's never done before? How do you know what's right? One thing I've always thought about before is that every cho- every choice we make, like people say, "Oh, you made a bad choice." Well, it wasn't bad at the time; otherwise, I wouldn't have made it. If I'd said, "Oh, that's a bad <laughs> choice," I think I'll make that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a I'll dumb idea. Badly. Let's do that. I think I'll choose badly today. None of us do that. <laughs> we all choose the best ideas, just that they go wrong. We think as best <laughs> we can. I am um, for a long. I and I started doing this when in my early thirties. Um, I have a personal. I always have a personal board of directors. Mm-hmm. Advisors, board of advisors, maybe a better word. Uh, whose counsel I seek when I'm really in a jam about making a decision. Mm-hmm. I trust their judgment. I trust their point of view. I And they trust me and they have my best interest at heart always. So when I don't know what to do, really and truly, I call on my board of advisors and say, mm-hmm. okay, look, here's what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. Choice A Behind door A is this thing. Behind door B is this other thing. What do you think? Mm-hmm. What if you don't agree with what they think? It's your if name I, on the I, business. I, no, I understand that. But if I already had to, made the decision, I wouldn't have called them in the first place. Yeah. I'm interested in this. You, 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 I said your little mini empire. So like I haven't written a book and I don't have Brian Leflock coaching international and I'm not launching a new <laughs> business tomorrow. So all these things that you're doing are, are amazing. And yet you keep talking about choosing family and home. And I think there's, there's something there. How have you been able to do these amazing things? How have you been able to use this grit to accomplish these things and yet still be successful at home? 
Well, my children may or may not tell you that I'm a successful at home. In fact, mm. last night, my 12-year-old would have told you that I'm the worst mom who ever drew breath. So, <laughs> but I, I keep um, a sense of humor as much as I can about that. I, they will say, oh, you're the meanest mom. I'm like, this is not news. How long have you known I'm the meanest mom you know? I mean. It's like the goal. <laughs> yeah. Do you know a meaner mom? Because if you know a meaner mom, I need to up my game. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, I'll say things like, I am not running a benevolent democracy around here. I'm running a tyranny. This is not news. Yeah. <laughs> mom, you're so weird. And you're surprised by that because. <laughs> I, I thought moms are supposed to be their kids' best friends. Maybe what? later. I am not their friend. And they know that too. I'm not your friend. Not my job to be your friend. I did say when my 12 year old was telling me what a horrible mom I was, I said, you're going to be, he's 12. And I said, you're going to be almost permanently annoyed with me for the next several years. So we both should probably adjust to this. That's just the way it's going to be. It's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. It's just the way it's going to be, but it's that relationship with my children that I have that relationship with my children, that when I'm working and I say, I've got to work right now, they understand. Yeah. Sarah, with, with, uh, with Sarah Robinson coaching international and with your, the, the uh, keynote speaking that you do for fee and from a female point of view for females and, and accomplishing things, I assume that way. And, and for she speaks with Sarah Robinson, those are all things that you're building in the future and ways that you you're going to need to show some grit to grow. What's the, What's the key thing that women need to hear from you to instill that level of grit to move forward in those industries that you're, you're creating moving forward? Oh, um, just one thing. Uh, well, if, if they're, you know, or I'll give you three. <laughs> um, I think that it's do it. Do it. I know that sounds trite and repetitive and you hear it all the time. I know so many women though, who are like, Oh, I, they say to me, I wish I could do what you do. I wish I had the courage to do blah, blah, blah. I wish I felt like I had the capacity to do it. Mm-hmm. And here's, uh, there's several things that I would say about that. Number one, no one ever feels like they're having courage when they're doing a thing. No one says, aren't I brave? Yeah. Um, there's one of my favorite quotes is, you know, behind every successful woman was a time when her back was against the wall and she had no choice. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and sometimes that's, that's men too. What's the difference? Right. Because I know there's one, I know at least one, but what's the difference? Because I, 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 I'm afraid all the time and I don't have courage to do the things that I want to do. Is it the infrastructure is what is, what keeps women back when men seem to be able to figure it out? We, I was just having a conversation with someone this morning about this. We fear judgment. We fear shame. Therefore, we have an inordinate fear of failing, especially if that failing is going to be in public. Mm -hmm. I don't want to try because what if I fail and everyone sees that I failed? And that's worse for women 
I think it is. Then why I is think that? it's worse. I, I don't know. I think, mm. um, I don't know. I wish I had a better answer for that, but I feel certain that the women who are listening would tell you that men don't seem quite as susceptible to this idea of shame. I will say this, and this is not a popular thing sometimes when I say this, many of my female executive clients are more afraid of their fellow women in the C-suite than Mm. they are of the men. Interesting. Women can be horrible to other women. And my close friends and I have that conversation and we acknowledge it and it's true. And I think that might feed into it a little bit as well. Maybe women don't feel like they have the support network. Men, and again, this is through no malicious intent. It's just the way it is. You all have a pre-established eons old boys network. Mm-hmm. Sure do. Sure do. Um, and women are new to that game. Newer to that game. Mm-hmm. The the thing and, that I've I've learned, and I'll 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 but the thing that I've learned is that this world that that men live in was it, it's undeniable that it was built by men. That's just history. Mm-hmm. There was a time when women didn't work at all. There was a time when women didn't vote. There, there. I mean, it's just the way it is. And men, I think, I think, um, Sarah, have the the same fears and the same. I can't do it. And what if I fail? But they're failing in their own game. And and I think I think uh, women are not only afraid to fail in the man's game, but they're. Well, they're they're not only afraid to it's fail, but they're afraid. To, the we're, we're afraid to fail in this new game. In a we're in yeah. a newer game. It's a different yeah. world, and I think that's what I was excited about having you on the show for. Because I think I think too often we don't realize these barriers. We men, when I say that, we don't realize these barriers are up. It's not on purpose. It's not. You know, no one's trying to be mean. No one's. You know, it's just. But you got to realize that facts are facts, and like you said, the old boys network, whatever it might be, it's it's it is what it is. And you can decide to let people play or not, but it's the thing that you're deciding to let people play or not. It's your game. It's your game. It's, right. it's your baseball field. Yeah. It's your sandlot. It just is what it is. You get, Yeah, exactly. So I, I think it's important that people understand that and that uh, every chance we have as, as, as men, we should see the opportunity to help in some way. Just not make it easier. Just welcome, no, welcome I do not people want... to the playing field. The last thing any woman wants to be is a statistic. I get that. A, ch- a box chat on diversity. We do not want that. I do yeah. not want that. Yeah. What do you want? A nap. <laughs> <laughs> That's what every woman wants. <laughs> hey, Sarah, if someone's listening right now, as we, we're, we're running out of time, if they wanted to reach out to you to learn about anything that you're talking about and to be inspired in some way, one-to-one, how would they do that? Um, they can email me. Sarah with an H at sarahrobinson.com. Um, I'm also most active on LinkedIn where you will find me, Sarah Robinson. Very good. And I hope people will. And I, I hope I hope we've offended someone. That's my goal. I'm, for oh, I feel certain. I very rarely speak and not offend somebody somewhere Be- somehow. Because <laughs> I think it's it's amazing when we when everyone learns 
um, uh, hey, that's me they're talking about. Hey, I that wait a minute, hold on. And if we can't, if we don't get mad about it, awesome. But if we do something about it, that's even better. And and so hopefully that's the outcome from today. Yes, I hope so. Sarah, quick so. uh, quick ad for for my company. We are Spire Marketing. We help businesses grow. Um, Female-owned businesses, male-owned businesses. We've <laughs> all got struggles. We've all got problems. And I think um, when we can figure out who we're trying to reach, who we're trying to serve, what we're trying to accomplish in the big field of things, we can make those decisions on how to proceed forward. Those are the things that Spire likes to do. If you need to reach us, we're at SpireAd. Dot com, And I look forward to talking with you then. I'm Brian Leffelock, host of Dash of Grit. Sarah, I just can't thank you enough for your, your, your unwilling, you just will not give up the idea that success happens at home, even though you've done all yeah. these wonderful things. And I, I really know that people needed to hear that message. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Folks, this is Dash sure. of Grit. We do it every week. If you would like to hear more from people just like Sarah in the past, you can find us where you find your podcasts. Until we do this next week, uh, please remember that the recipe for success in life includes a dash of grit. Stay gritty. See you next time. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. <laughs>